Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm very excited. Um, God's just been talking to me a lot about this subject this week, so I'm excited to share it. I just want to say, um, before I start, just how thankful I am for all of you guys as a church family. Um, I was thinking about this the last few weeks. Like, every time I come in on Sunday, and I'm like, wow, I really love these people. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there in case I don't say it enough. Um, but I love you guys, and um, I'm just very thankful for who you guys are to me and what the way you guys have blessed my life. Um so today we're going to, the topic or the uh, name of the sermon is called What is Love? And I was laughing because Miss Laura always likes to sing songs and I was like, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Um, yeah, but um, so we're going to be talking about love. And the reason that um, this has just really been on my heart lately is because I feel like God in this season has really been showing me that my view on love hasn't been necessarily <laughs> what it should be. Um, just there are some things that I believed about him or about um, just based on my experiences that weren't true and it made it difficult to get closer to him. Um, so I just really feel like he's been um, just refining what love should look like and it's been really cool. Um, so the first thing that I felt like he brought up was just the word ahava, and it means to give, to give of oneself. Um, it is also, it can mean to give something that is extremely important or costly to you. Um, and this word was first brought up in, uh, Genesis 22-2, I believe, when Abraham was uh, asked to sacrifice his son, which was his everything. That was his bloodline. That was his going to be um, his grandchildren and their grandchildren and everything. That was everything to him that he'd been waiting for for so long, but he was asked to give it up. It was the son that he loved. Um, and then I just felt like, too, like this word means giving yourself entirely with holding nothing. So um, just saying, I will love you with everything that I am. And I think that's just like, it's just such an amazing concept because as humans or as people, we have limits on our love sometimes. Like I know I've been tested where I'm like, God, please help me to love this person. Um, <laughs> please help me to love my dog that just ate his bed for the fifth time today. Like, I'm like, God, please help me. But I think just understanding that God, his love doesn't have limits. He gives us his whole self. He says, I am not afraid to be in relationship with you. I want to be in relationship with you, and I want to love you with everything that I am. Um, yeah. 
And so as I've been going on this journey of trying to figure out what love looks like from God's perspective, um, it's been a little scary because, like, you know, <laughs> with people, it's easy to get hurt um, when you open yourself up and when you're vulnerable and when you let your walls down. It's easy to get hurt. Um, but again, just realizing that God isn't like us, thank goodness. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to go through today what God's been showing me. I really hope you guys are blessed. And um, yeah, but I'm going to pray first because yes. <laughs> Father, I just thank you and I praise you for this time that we've already had in your presence, Father. It was just so sweet. You were so gentle and you were so kind. I just thank you for your love. I just ask that you have your way in and through me, Father, and that your presence would continue to pour out over us, Father, as we look into your word and what you're speaking today, Father, and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the first thing that God was talking to me about love was that love takes action and it's not passive. Um Basically, love doesn't just sit down and just, like, whether it be, like, it doesn't have to be negative passivity, like, I'm just going to let someone talk bad things about you or something, but even just not showing intentionality, not doing what needs to be done, and I don't know, just <laughs> being intentional is important and showing love. And so um, the verse that God brought up for me with this is Psalm 18, 16 through 19. It says, he reached down from on high and took a hold of me. He drew me from deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy and from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support and he brought me into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And I don't know about you guys, but like sometimes when, like I was talking about earlier, um, when God was just saying, be still and be held, it's easy for me sometimes to forget that God is here. He is with me and he is helping me in the storm that I'm in. Sometimes it's like, God, I don't, like I can't see you with everything going on. But what he's been teaching me is that he's not just passively sitting on his throne when we're going through those times. He's not just sitting there saying, oh, we'll wait it out. It'll be okay eventually. Like, just hang in there, kid. It'll be fine. But he's, like, taking our hand, and he's showing us. He's walking with us through those times and those trials and those storms, and he's saying, this is how we get through this together. Um, and I just thought that was really cool because... It's less scary when you're doing it with someone. When you're walking through a storm or through a trial, it's not as scary and it doesn't seem as big just because you're like, oh, there's two of us now. Um, yeah, and um, with that too, I just, in regards to non-believers or people that have fallen away, um, <laughs> love is constantly pursuing our hearts. And, you know, um, we've all had times in our lives where we felt like we were further away from God than we wanted to be. 
And I, I mean, after coming out of it, I just, God was just showing me the places where he was in those moments that he was constantly pursuing my heart. Like, obviously he gives us free will and stuff, but he isn't just sitting there waiting for us to come back. He's constantly ushering us to come back to his heart and to his love and in his arms. Um, one of the examples I have is when I was going through a really rough time. I was still coming to church and stuff, but I just wasn't, you know, participating as much. Um, and I quit the worship team and things like that just because I was trying to um, process things that were happening. But I remember during that time for about four weeks in a row, Lyra was up on stage, and every time she would say something that God was trying to directly speak to my heart. And I, <laughs> at first, the first week I was resistant, I was like, nope, we're not letting that in. This seems scary. <laughs> but it just kept coming up and coming up. And Lyra, it so blessed me. It helped me come into a place of like, God is pursuing me, you know what I mean? And that's what his love looks like. It doesn't give up on you. It doesn't stop chasing after your heart. Even when you're in a place where you're good with God and you're like, oh, thanks, Mom. Um, <laughs> even when you're in a place where you're, uh, oh, I didn't do that, sorry. <laughs> where you're in a good relationship with God and you feel like you guys know each other and stuff, he's still ushering us in to get to know us more. He never wants to stop knowing us and loving us and pursuing our hearts, and I think that's awesome. Um, another example that I have is um, you all know my mom, and she likes to constantly ask questions. <laughs> and I used to think that was so annoying when I was in high school because I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> But as I've gotten older, I've become really appreciative of that because whenever something's going wrong or I'm feeling a certain way or just having a bad day, she asks me questions. And sometimes I don't even know what's going on in my heart until she starts asking me, well, what would it look like if you did know? Or ask the Holy Spirit, what is he saying to you? And I just feel like God is always asking us questions just to get to the root, to the heart of things, to, so that you can be okay. He always wants us to be okay and to be at peace. It's just we have to go through the process to get there, and it's really scary sometimes. But when we realize that he's not asking us questions to prod at us and to say, what's wrong with you? Why don't you know? He's asking us questions so that we can come to a place of understanding what's going on, dealing with it, and then moving on. Um, I also stopped being frustrated with mom asking me questions is because I realized that Jesus asked 307 questions in the Bible. <laughs> he was asked 183, and he only answered three of those questions. So, <laughs> so, Jesus really emphasizes asking questions and getting to the heart of things, which I think is really cool. So thank you, Mom. I love you with all my heart. Um, the next point under this love taking action is love consistently has a desire and pursues what is best for us and shields us from what is not. Um, that's based off of the verse, he brought me into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. 
Um, now, sometimes what we think is best for us looks different than what God thinks is best for us. And so, like Mom was talking about earlier while um, in worship, sometimes we'll be in this place where we're swaddled in the situation and we're like, please let me out. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. But God is saying, no, I need you to stay here, be still, and I need you to rest in me. Because this is the place that you need to be in order for you to understand my love, who I am, and for me to be able to do the work in you that I need to do that you'll need for the next season. Yeah, so sometimes he doesn't take us out of difficult situations or just take the pain away like that. Um, sometimes we think that it would be nice. It's possible, but I think most of the time, God, it's a, it's a process. He uses a process, and that's because he wants us to understand what's happening in our hearts and to be able to help others understand later on after we've already gone through it. And I just put this as a note, too, but he never leaves us alone to fend for ourselves. Kind of like I was saying earlier, he's not passively sitting on his throne just waiting for us to figure stuff out. Because if he did that, I would be in trouble. <laughs> but he's with us through the process like a good father. It's kind of like when you're a kid, you don't know how to ride your bike right out of the womb, right? And it's really scary because it's like, I don't know how to keep my balance. I might fall. But God is such a good daddy, and he holds on to us and teaches us how to hold our balance until we can go off by ourselves. And he's still there waiting for us when we get back. It's just he shows us how to do it on our own. Um, the next one that I have is that love protects. Um, so this is, uh, it's going to be John 8, 3 through 11. And I'm just going to read this really quick before we get into the points. But it says, then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. They said to Jesus, teacher, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone the woman to death? <clears throat> Tell us what you say we shall do with her. They were only asking Jesus this because they hoped to trap him with his own words and accused him of breaking the laws of Moses. But Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger, angry they kept insisting that he answer their question so Jesus stood up and looked at them and said let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her and then he bent over again and wrote some more words in the dust upon hearing that her accusers slowly left the crowd one at a time beginning with the oldest to the youngest with a convicted conscience until finally Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there in front of him. I spelled that wrong, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. And Jesus said, Then cer I certainly do not condemn you either. Go, and from now on, be free from a, sin and from a life of sin. 
Um, I didn't keep, I keep not changing these thingies, and I'm sorry. <gasps> Thank you. Um, yeah, when I was talking to God about this, um, I accidentally clicked the button. Thank you, Matt. Um, I just, I think sometimes when we're in human relationships, sometimes we see, um, I don't know, obviously there's flaws and people can't do things perfectly, but sometimes it feels like people passively sit by while we're being hurt and don't stand up for us, which is hard. Um, but I felt like God was saying in regards to this that love doesn't condemn. You can go to the next one. Um, so love does not condemn. So when the woman <laughs> was being accused by the Pharisees, they're saying all of these things about her, and they were true. Like, she did those things. It's not like they were making it up or something. She did those things, but Jesus didn't, go in and condemn her because he knew that that wasn't the way to bring her to him. That's not the way that you show somebody that you love them. It's not by condemning them. It's by protecting them and continuing to love them until they're willing to repent and come back to you. Um, with this, I think God brought this up just because Recently, with some things that are going on, um, there have been people talking about things, <laughs> um, about my past and things, and um, some of my dad's friends are talking about it and have texted my mom about things and just trying to make me feel bad. And I know, obviously, that God has forgiven me and stuff, um, and I'm okay with myself, and I know God loves me. It's just hard because your dad's supposed to protect you, right? <laughs> your dad is supposed to stand up for you and not condemn you. And um, so recently when God has been teaching me about this, that love is meant to protect. Sorry, I have these down here already. Um, <laughs> but when he's been, I was just asking him, like, God, why is this happening? Like, this isn't the dad that I know like this isn't the person that I know he's meant to be and um I just kind of felt like God wrapped his arms around me and is like I'm not like that um so every time whenever I'm doing something I don't like to be alone with my thoughts sometimes because sometimes those come up <laughs> and so I don't like being still and I don't like being quiet Jackie can tell you I'm always singing Disney songs God is delivering me of that because I need to be quiet and sit still sometimes. But whenever those thoughts were coming up, God immediately would take those lies and replace them with his truth and his love. And he'd say, I love you. This is who you are. That's not who you are. That's something that you did, but that was not who you are. And it drew me closer to him because when I wasn't listening to him and his words about me, I was afraid to come to him. But when I started listening to his truths, it drew me closer to him. Um, the next point says, love draws us to repentance and genuine change. Um, 
So in the story that we were reading, I, um, it's believed that the adulterous woman was Mary Magdalene. And she was <laughs> the woman who ended up breaking her alabaster jar and wiping Jesus' feet with her hair and her tears. And it's like, Jesus didn't, he didn't make her feel bad about her sin. He didn't even point it out. He just said, who are the people that condemned you? Who are the people that are accusing you? And when they were no more, he just said, then I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. He's like, he, I don't know. It's just, he loved her to a place where she wanted to come to repentance and wanted to make better choices and to live her life the way that she should because she realized that the person she wanted to be with him, the one that loved her. My words are all over the place, you guys. I appreciate your patience. <laughs> um, the next one is uh, that love makes sacrifices and it's selfless. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, um, Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. And it's just talking about Jesus and what he went through. And it says, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him at low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him to be punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Um, yeah, love makes sacrifices. Love isn't in it for what it can gain for itself. <laughs> I think that's something that he's really been pointing out to me. Um, just because so often we see in our own relationships that... Um, Sometimes there's an ulterior motive. Alternative? Ulterior, yeah. <laughs> and it makes it difficult to trust people because you're like, you're only here because you want something from me. Or at least that's my situation. I, um, but God's been teaching me that love is selfless. It makes sacrifices to be with you, to make sure that you're okay, to give you what you need. It makes sacrifices. Um, can go to the next one. Thanks, Mom. Um, and then the, it says, love understands the cost, but it still goes through with it because of the pure desire to do what is on the heart of the Father. So it's not like when Jesus came, he didn't understand the cost that he was paying. He knew. He knew what he was giving up. He knew what was going to happen when he came here. He knew the cost. But then he also knew the prize that was waiting for him. So love makes sacrifices. Love understands that even if you have to give something up, the prize of having intimate, real relationship with that person is worth it. Love sees what the Father is asking and pursues it with passion, no matter the cost, with the hope that it will draw us closer to the Father. And love is not manipulative. It doesn't do it out of selfish reasons, selfish ambition. 
it, uh, yeah, with uh, recently, God has been teaching me about love being a sacrifice in my own life. Um, right now, it's really hard to love my dad. And um, it's something that I've been praying a lot about because I know that it's something that he wants. And I want to love my dad as well. And so I'm trying to do my best to do that, but it's a sacrifice. And um, I think just realizing that as I continue to make the sacrifice and be selfless and continue to love him, even if he's lashing out at me, God is still with me. He's right there. And he's blessing me for my choice to love him, even if it doesn't go the way that I want it to. Half the time, it doesn't ever look the way that I want it to. Like, in a perfect world, it'd be rainbows and butterflies. It is not. Um, but that's okay, because life is messy. People make mistakes and make choices that'll hurt you, but that doesn't mean that we stop trying to make the sacrifice to love them, stop pursuing love. I think love is just such a passionate thing. It's like, I will give up anything to be with you. And not necessarily just in like a man or woman way, it's with any relationship. I will give up anything to be with you, to know that I love you, to know that you're wanted, to know that I just want you to be okay. And I've just really been praying that God would give me that heart, continue to give me that heart for my dad. Um, love gives itself up for you. Um, the next one is that <laughs> love tells the truth. Uh, <laughs> oh, Peter's funny. I feel like <laughs> I relate to Peter. I think I say that at least every time I come up here and preach. I'm like, yeah, I relate to Peter. He's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but love tells the truth. And so the verse that, I don't, that one's really small, sorry guys, um, but it's Matthew 26, 31 through 35. And it says, then Jesus told them, this very night you will fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. <laughs> Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples say the same. So we all know what happens after that. Peter definitely disowns him three times. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um... You can go to the next one. Just God was talking to me about this, and um, I just really saw that verse a different way for the first time. Like, <laughs> I used to see Jesus as sassy. Sometimes he is, but I feel like he wasn't being sassy in that verse. Like, he, love tells the truth with the intention of drawing us closer to God. So Jesus knew that all of the disciples would disown him. It was even in a previous book of the Bible that this is what would happen. 
And so Jesus knew that it was going to happen. And he wasn't saying that to Peter to be like, you're wrong. Stop being goofy. Like, <laughs> this is going to happen. He didn't tell Peter out of correction or out of um, just being mean. He told Peter this so that when it happened, he would know that Jesus would still go ahead of him. He says, I'm going ahead of you into Galilee. So after you do all of this, after you disown me three times, after you all fall away, I just want you to know I'm going to be there and I'm going to be finding you. I'm going to be waiting for you. So he was telling them the truth out of this love in his heart for them saying, this is going to happen and that's okay, but I want you to know that I'm still going to be there and I'll, I'll be waiting for you. So love doesn't tell the truth out of a selfish desire as it tells it out of trying to draw people closer to God's heart. Um, so, and the truth that love brings may bring conviction, but it does not tear us down. So Peter felt convicted. That's why he was fighting with him. He was like, no, this won't happen. I'm not going to do this. I would never do this. It was convicting him in his heart, and he was trying to deny it. But it didn't tear him down. It just, <laughs> he, when it happened, he kind of, you know, he felt down for a second. But when he was able to see Jesus again and say, oh, he still loves me. He's not judging me for this. Um. Yeah, I just have that the truth that love brings empowers and inspires people to walk in the light and to, it brings true change. Love does not intentionally tear us down. And I'm laughing. <laughs> I don't go on Facebook much just because I can't deal with the drama. <laughs> but I'm laughing because um, sometimes I see well-intentioned Christians on there. Um, having comment battles with the non-believers. <laughs> and they're like, I am telling them the truth. <laughs> I am going to tell them that they're wrong. And I'm like, well, Jesus didn't really like, uh, I, <laughs> God was reminding me that he didn't really, he didn't do that with the non-believers. He didn't argue with them. He didn't tell them that they were wrong. What he did was he gently corrected them, but he did not fight with them. If he fought with anybody, it would be the Pharisees. And <laughs> so the people in the church that were being hypocrites. <laughs> so I was laughing. I was like, yeah, no Facebook battles for me. It's not worth it. He's very kind with the people that don't know him. He's gentle, and he's loving, and he's humble. And he's the same with us as long as we're not being proud <laughs> and we're willing to take correction. Um, the last one that I have here, um, it's just that love stays. Um, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, one mom. This was, <laughs> I drew that. It looks like a kindergartner, but I was in my Bible study, so I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, God was just talking to me, and if you can't see it, the phrase he gave me while I was um, 
in my quiet time last month was I am with you always. And I think that was just a big thing that he was teaching me because with the situation that's going on, it just feels like, it just felt lonely sometimes, like in regards to a father figure. And um, he just showed me this picture, which I did not depict well, but I did my best. And we were just standing there looking at the stars and he was holding me. And I, that really blessed my heart because he knows how much I like the stars. Um, but love doesn't run away when things get hard. It presses into relationship. And so when things get scary or things get rough or the storm comes, love doesn't push you away and say, I can't handle this anymore. I need you to stay over there. Love presses in and says, what can we do to make this better? What's going on? What is the root of the situation? And how can we get through this together? Um, yeah, and his love is consistent. It doesn't falter based on our mistakes or choices. This is one thing that he was also just like, is really impressing on my heart was like love doesn't say I will love you but only if you behave this way <clears throat> or you have to do this before you'll deserve my love it's kind of like how we were talking about in church how sometimes we come into church and um, or people will come into church that don't know Jesus and it's like why are you behaving this way why aren't you acting like a, like a Christian should why are you doing this and it's like, it shouldn't be like that. Love loves you no matter what. Love loves you right where you're at with all your baggage. When you're crying on the floor or when you're angry, love loves you no matter what. And the <laughs> it's love that helps you move forward. It's love that helps you grow and get better. Without love, you're just going to stay in that place. People are just going to stay in that place. And I really feel like God is just emphasizing that we have to stop pushing people to be something that they can't be right now because they don't understand the love of God. <laughs> um, I was watching a Disney movie called Encanto. And if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. It was so good. Um, I just cried throughout the whole thing. <laughs> That's how you know it was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it was very prophetic. Um, and it was, it was good. The part that really touched me most was about the big sister, Louisa, and how she felt like she had to carry everything and to be strong. Um, I think just like I was learning that in my relationship with my dad growing up, I like, I wanted to be the best that I could be for him. Like it wasn't for me, it was for him because I wanted him to be proud of me and I wanted to be enough for him. And it just got so tiring. And so like when all of this happened, I was struggling because I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like I wasn't enough he was still gone, like, and I don't know what to do because I was putting my identity in that. Um, the grandma in that movie 
didn't handle those situations well. Louisa was trying to carry everything and was trying to be strong enough. And the grandma was just basically saying, you're not strong enough. You have to do more. What you're doing isn't enough. And that's kind of like what the enemy tells us, right? Like, <laughs> you're not enough where you are right now. You need to stop crying. You need to stop being angry about this or whatever. You just need to be better than you are right now. And I think God was just teaching me that when we choose to go that way, we end up feeling overwhelmed, and it's really hard. And it it just feels like, like we were talking earlier with the baby, like, ah, I'm stuck here, and I don't know how to get out. Um, but God was just teaching me that we have to rest in him, and it's not our job to carry it. Like, he's our dad. He carries the thing for us as long as we give it to him. We have to give it to him. We have to be willing to stop and to rest and to say, God, I can't carry this anymore. I'm tired of carrying this. I shouldn't have been carrying it in the first place. I need you to take hold of this. And so that's what he's been teaching me with that. Um, he is just so good. And he is so kind, and he's such a good father. And I'm so thankful that in this season of not being able to have a relationship with my earthly dad right now, I'm hoping it comes around eventually. But even if it doesn't, in this season, I have been learning the true love of God and what it looks like. And it's been so amazing. Another thing that he was showing me in regards to this, his love is consistent. It doesn't falter based on our mistakes or choices. Our choices can put a divide between us and the presence of God, right? Like, if you've ever had a rough time, or we've all had seasons where we haven't been as close as we'd like to be, or if you've fallen away sometimes, we've had those seasons where it just, you don't feel the presence anymore as much as you used to. And it's because you're making choices that puts a divide between you and the presence of God. But his love for us is still always there. Um, I used to see it as like God was mad at us when we made bad choices and things. And I don't think that's the case at all now that I'm <laughs> growing up and understand it a little bit better. I don't think he's mad at us. I think he's just sad that we've chosen to step away uh, he showed me a picture of, um, so like me and God were just standing right here, and when I choose to make a choice that isn't in line with his will, it's like I'm walking away. He stands there. He's still waiting for me, but I'm walking away. I'm making that choice. And even in that moment of me walking away and me choosing to continue to get farther and farther, he's still beckoning me to come back. He never stops pursuing us. He never stops loving us. And I think that's just so awesome. That's such a great kind of love. Um, yeah, he's just continually reaching out to us and so that's what God was teaching me this week. Um, just his love isn't passive. It always stays. He, it's sacrificial. It's everything that we need it to be. 
it's everything that we need it to be. And if you feel like you're missing something in regards to love, <laughs> you got to press in because he has it. That's what I'm learning. You have to press in because he has it. You have to be willing to say, what is blocking my view of his love right now? Why can't I see this? Why can't I feel this? And he walks with us through that process. Um, so mom's going to come up and do activation. You don't even realize it, kiddo, but you just teed us up. So that's the activation today. Holy Spirit, I want you to close your eyes. We're going to have a conversation with Holy Spirit. And activation is just the process of activating the thing that God has been speaking to us and wants to do in us so that we walk out of this room different. Okay? Revelation brings responsibility. And the spiritual gifts can be taught, caught, and activated. We were just taught, but you're about to catch something. We're about to activate it in your life. Okay, revelation comes through all five senses, but interpretation is key. So whatever he shows you during this time, I don't want you to assume you know what it means because he's shown it to you before. Whatever you hear, whatever you see, ask Holy Spirit, what does this mean? Okay, and then he'll reveal that to you, all right? So say, Holy Spirit, what is blocking me right now from receiving your love in this area, okay? Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you. We love you. Have a blessed day.